HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more at robertaspizza.com. This week on Meet and 3, we're delighting in the creepy, the spooky, the skin-crawling aspects of food history and culture. Give yourself over to man's more hedonistic tendencies and you wouldn't be making it to the great beyond. The Sin Eater's job was to ensure that you did. In modern horror, audiences have been captivated by the isolation, mystery, and terror of rural life. And so one of these preparations is, is actually taking oak bark, stuffing it into a cow skull, and burying that cow skull in a creek for a year. I would argue that their evil went hand in hand with their marketing strategy. I'm not saying they had an excuse, but in order to make bananas work, they were deluded. They had to do these terrible things. Listen to Meat and Three, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the food scene. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. And on today's episode, the magnanimous Manchi, aka Hammer Knee Emily Kim, is a Korean food YouTube superstar. Her personal style and, and style of her cooking show have been welcomed into homes of over 3 million subscribers and countless more Mangchi fans. Now her second book, Mangchi's Big Book of Korean Cooking, From Everyday Meals to Celebration Cuisine, expands on recipes like banchan, the side dishes that are the cornerstone of Korean cuisine, or dorsarak, the traditional lunchboxes Mangchi and her family grew up eating. So whether you have an H Mart nearby or not and wonder what to do with all those marvelously dried pantry ingredients in this book, Mangchi is here to guide you through rice cake soup for New Year's Day or steamed rice cakes for Harvest Moon Festival. Whatever the celebration, make yours mangchied. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So I, I'm sure a lot of people like saying your real name because you, you are this very interesting pseudonym of yourself. Um, let's talk about who you really are and where you're from. Uh, wh- where did you grow up? Yeah, I was uh, uh, I uh, I was growing up in the you know, city of Yeosu. It's the southernmost tip of Korea, which was just a harbor city. And surrounded by all ocean, so ever since I was young, 
like uh, I was always just uh, you know familiar with seafood. Besides, my father was running some kind of seafood you know auction place, so always like a lot of you know the fishermen brought a lot of a lot of fresh fish and seafood to sell. So they usually gave us that you know free gift. Wonderful. And then my house is always full of seafood, so very very familiar and. Uh, the city of Yosu, you know, people are so, that city is very famous for delicious seafood, you know. And so, like, my everyday table, you know, is that, like, always rice, soup, or stew, you know, so fish. And also, there are so many different kinds of uh, edible sea vegetables. Only you may know that, you know, seaweed paper, usually, when you make that, you know, uh, the seaweed rice rolls. But, like, we have a Tons of different, you know, sea vegetables. Sometimes we eat raw, sometimes, you know, dried, sometimes also, you know, we blanch that and season with the seasonings. So sea vegetables and also fresh vegetables, eel, and all kind of, you know, seafood. That's I just, I was growing up. I mean, it sounds like a wonderful place to grow up, surrounded yeah. by the sea, surrounded by water. Then why did you ever move to Columbia, Missouri, oh, which yeah. is slightly landlocked? Yeah. And after that, uh, quickly I can talk about this. Uh, until junior high school, I stay, I lived in Yosu, my city. And then uh, my parents sent uh, me to Seoul to study. Ever since that time, I just studied and lived in Seoul. And then after marrying, and uh, we just uh, moved to, we had a chance to, you know, go to uh, my husband. My husband uh, was, uh, you know, for PhD, you know, he went to, we follow. I followed him to you know the America. Yeah. That's Columbia, Missouri, and for the first time, that was like 1992. Whole family, four members. You know, that was a really eye-opening experience for me, and that that's it. And then I went back to America, uh, Korea, and then came back to Canada, and then eventually 2008, I came to America. So just uh, America, New York City, you know, center of everything. And then I like to be more adventurous. And there are so many museums, many people, tourists, and all just a lot of, you know, stuff is going on. So I, that's kind of my dream. So now I, so I'm so happy. Yeah, but very different seafood, very different food landscape. Yeah. Um, let's talk about how you were shocked when you came to the United States and you didn't find Korean food, you didn't find Korean ingredients. What What were you missing? What What did you hope had made it over with you? So when I came to uh, America for the first time, that was like 1992, Missouri, Columbia, I didn't know much about America. I thought that, oh, when I go to America, there is no Korean food, you know. So even I just brought that some kind of meju blocks. Meju <laughs> block is that when you make a Korean fermented soybean paste, you need to uh, soak this in salty water. Then it becomes to, you know, the soy sauce and also soybean paste. So I even I brought this, uh, put this in my immigrants, you know, some the, you know, big, huge bag, you yeah. know, I brought this. And it's very dense. It, it is actually dense, a brick. Yeah. And then the uh, smelly, you know, pungent. <laughs> And but once I arrived there, you know, a lot of Korean expats are living in Missouri, Columbia. Those guys said, okay, there is a Korean grocery store. So they took me to grocery store. There are tons of things I didn't have to bring. That kind of thing. This is all, of course commercially made, you know, twinjang, gochujang, all kind of stuff is there, even cabbage, napa cabbage. I was so worried about what if I cannot make kimchi there, you know. But in America, uh, ever since, you know, the, I lived in America or went back, no matter where I live, I always make my homemade kimchi. 
always eating Korean food. And uh, first time, just uh, for American food, just Pizza Hut. Yeah. <laughs> Very simple. Whole family, we went for the first time in a Pizza Hut. And okay, this is a, in Korea, we Koreans even pronounce, pronounce the pizza, we call this a pizza. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we call this a pizza. And if I say the pizza, they think, oh, she's full of herself. <laughs> So, but, but you said even in your book that cheese is a very newfound ingredient in Korean cuisine. Yeah. Why, why did you want to eat Pizza Hut? I mean, what drew you to that restaurant? Oh, because I, as long as I, you know, the experience in new culture, I got to eat, taste. And also I knew about some pizza even when I lived in Korea. And uh, so we went to the Pizza Hut and we just uh, ordered some kind of, a, you know, good size of pizza and I saw the one lady across from us and the sitting there, one lady, single lady. And she, she just brought the whole, maybe larger than us, that kind of pizza, and she was eating alone. And all family was, oh, my God, my eyes are so big. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I've been to many a Korean tables, many a Korean dinners, and the amount of food that is on a table before you even really sit down to eat, the banchan, which, which you even say is the cornerstone of Korean cuisine, mm-hmm. there's a lot of food on the Korean table. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you walk into either a restaurant or a friend or family's home, what food is already out and about? So the Korean meal is that rice and soup, or rice and stew, and side dish. Basically, rice is the main dish. So rice is very important, you know. We call this the, oh, rice is a dual meaning. First meaning is rice as a grain, cooked rice. Second one is rice is also, you know, meal. So did you have rice? Kind of people, we just you know talk to each other, say hello. Did you have rice? That means you know you had. Did you eat your meal? That means so rice and side dish is a kind of a table, and also soup. Kind of to go through easily, we always eat soup or stew and the side dish. Usually at home, home cooking is that just you don't have to make so many dishes. Just I focus on okay today's special dishes is a fish pan-fried fish and with this kind of Korean seasoning sauce on top and sesame oil, drizzle, and or sesame seeds. And like next side dish, so we needed some lettuce or cucumber and kimchi. And soup, just quickly fermented bean paste soup. That's kind of a nice, nice table setting. So like when you go to the Korean restaurant or sometimes you are invited to Korean people's house, and even me, somebody come over my house, you know, I just kind of to show them my how much I work, you know, for I how much I welcome them. Just I make as many side dishes as I can. And then just, you know, kind of so many side dishes make them happy, entertain them. So it doesn't mean that you should eat all. So leftover is just, you know, your container, put in the container and next day you can eat it. Yeah. So, so you cook for leftovers. You, you don't cook necessarily just for the meal at hand. The uh, leftover is taking out from the refrigerator, sometimes reheat, and sometimes by itself just eat yeah, with rice. Yeah, it, it was just wonderful to watch you explain all that because your hand motions, it, it's very meta because I've seen your videos. Yeah. And, and you are very smart in how you motion mm. um, because nothing seems too big for anyone to understand or too emphatic that it feels fake. You, yeah. you, you are such a real person and such a real cook. Thank and you that, so much. And that is such a wonderful thing to see because 
YouTube is this platform that has made people larger than life. Mm. Um, when you started with YouTube, uh, what did you know about that platform? Did you watch videos on there? How did you first get interested? Just uh, I didn't pay attention to YouTube at the time. You know, at the time I was playing my own game, and you know my son was a, he was studying computer. He asked me, "Mom, have you ever heard that YouTube?" Of course, he said. Why don't you? That would be really fun because uh, your content, you know, so your recipes are, you, she, he knows that I can cook all kinds of stuff. So just uh, make this kind of, you know, the uh, dish, show them how to make this Korean dish. And, you know, you make this, it'll be a really good hobby, he asked me. So I said, wow, sounds interesting. But how can I show my face? I don't want to be exposed, you know, just yeah. I thought that I would be really mega popular or quickly or something like people recognize my face. Just even that's kind of impossible, you know, the stage. But yeah. I just thought that. And he said, why don't you show your hands only? But I just said, let me think about it. And a couple of weeks I thought about, you know, oh, maybe I should do this. It sounds like it's so fun, you know, because, you know, I know how to cook Korean food. This is uh, something that I can, I can do forever, you know, so maybe I can, I can start. And then just, uh, I had a really small camera, digital camera, so cheap and kind of, you know, also it has a function to video and then we did it this. So, uh, first video was the stir fried squid, mm -hmm. spicy stir fried squid. And, just after filming, even the music is, you know, like someone else's music, I put this there. Even that's a copyright. I don't make any money at the yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. And then next day, suddenly a lot of people subscribed and they asked me to next video. They asked me, oh, where can I find, you know, Korean ingredients, hot pepper flakes? Where can I go? They kept asking me. So video by itself is not, not important and not uh, not enough because same question keep keep you know I had so maybe I should do something so that's why I made my website okay everybody come to my written re recipe all your information that you are looking for is uh, there so just I made a website in a couple of months later and then keep doing whatever they requested the recipe and then keep doing. So already 12 years. Yes, it's 12 years. That's yeah. amazing. And over 3 million subscribers. And I, I wonder, was your son um, excited or embarrassed that you've become this superstar on YouTube? I mean, he's the one that initially suggested you do this, right? Yeah. He's busy his own work. Yeah. <laughs> he's just the only guiding. Just, uh, okay. And then, oh... Do you have any idea how can I fix this my website? Oh, mom, just hire somebody. Yeah. You know, so he doesn't care. Yeah. But, but you know, he's, of course, he's proud of, you know, me and my my daughter says that, mom, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. You know, so really, really kind of big, meaningful. Yeah, yeah, that must feel good. But at the same time, your name isn't Mangchi, and, and so many people reference you as that. What does it mean in Korean? Hammer. Yeah. Yeah, hammer. And, and why did you ever choose this name? That's my one of the game character. And I used to play the game. Uh, the game is, uh, you know, City of Heroes. And this is an online game. And, you know, some usually like a killing villains, you know. So all these like people from all around the world, you know, time zones are different. So we just meet at the same time and then we do the mission. Yeah. And 
if this is a kind of a, a game that I only killing the villains, kind of boring, yeah. you know, so maybe, you know, one month later, boring. But this is the internet connected and they're interacting each other and they are really like my friends. Yeah. So this, and also chatting, we do chatting, you know, so while we are playing game, okay, let's go this way, Mangchi, you should go next and then we are going to help you, okay, go, something like that. So. This is very, interaction is so fun and yeah. very intense, intense. Sometimes I finished, after finishing my cave mission, we go to cave, I felt like really I go to <laughs> some cave. And then I felt dizzy. I have to take a rest yeah. on the bed. Otherwise, I couldn't almost nauseous, you know, because that is so intense. Three hours, four hours in the task force we've done. Yeah. I mean, who, who knew that of all the superheroes in that game that you would actually become a superhero in Korean cooking online. Um, was there a dish that you would make before uh, one of your games to, to feed yourself for those three to four hours or something you ate afterwards? What were those meals that fortified you for that fight? Oh, actually, while I was playing game, I, I never ever thought about YouTube things. So just like eating so simple food, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rice, and oh, I got to go play game, you know, right after finish my work, day job, coming back home and then wash my face and then, okay, let's go <laughs> online. Who is it here? And then just, uh, I, you know, never thought about, you know, good meal, just uh, eating kind of a simple food. And even sometimes a Saturday, Sunday, I used to do, you know, uh, I used to play game all day. But my job, and I used to work for a nonprofit organization, and I had to, you know, the run some self-help group. So these ladies, like almost 20 people, you know, come to my office. They are all my clients. And I just, uh, I wanted to make something, make them happy. So I made all kinds of Korean dishes. And... My you know, job gave me money, the budget, and then I just go to Korean store and brought this. Even some, the budget is not enough. I brought you know, some Korean hot pepper, expensive hot pepper flakes or some ingredients from my own home because I wanted to entertain these ladies. They were so happy, happy, and I made it always fresh kimchi. They love Korean, all Koreans love the freshly made kimchi. And sometimes I added oyster, fresh oysters, and I made some like a ray fish, some like a Koreans love that. And they, they really love it. So that was a, I, a kind of, for me, you know, really fun, fun. And also I kind of used to teach some, you know, Korean cooking too. Yeah. Hey, so we're, we're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about this new big book of Korean cooking that you've written and all the wonderful recipes and the celebration cuisines that are in there too. You've been listening to The Food Scene on HeritageRadio.org. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberto's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberto's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberto's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberto's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. 
And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Join Heritage Radio Network on Monday, November 11th for a raucous feast to toast a decade of food radio. Our 10th anniversary Bacchanal is a rare gathering of your favorite chefs, mixologists, storytellers, thought leaders, and culinary masterminds. We'll salute the inductees of the newly minted HRN Hall of Fame, who embody our mission to further equity, sustainability, and deliciousness. Explore the beautiful Palm House and Yellow Magnolia Cafe, taste and imbibe to your heart's content, and bid on once-in-a-lifetime experiences and tasty gifts for any budget at our silent auction. Tickets available now at heritageradionetwork.org slash gala. Hey, and welcome back to the food scene on heritageradionetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Cat. Here today with Mangchi. It's, it's nice to only have to say one name, one word, and everyone knows who I'm talking about, the wonderful Korean cooking YouTube superstar. And she just wrote this book called The Big Book of Korean Cooking, From Everyday Meals to Celebration Cuisine. And I, I want to talk about those celebrations because it seems like every meal you make turns into a celebration just because of the food in front. Um, New Year's and Harvest Moon are two of the biggest holidays or celebrations in Korean, Korean culture. Uh, what is the foods that you serve for those? Yeah. Um, New Year's Day, is uh, we have some Bayruna calendar, usually fall of February. And also in a sol- by solar calendar, January 1st. So basically when I was very young, only lunar calendars, uh, the New Year's Day, we just, uh, you know, the consider that's our new new year's day and uh, whatever it happening new luna uh, luna new year's day or just uh, january 1st i make taku taku is a rice cake soup so rice cake white rice cake cylinder shaped rice cake and it and also slice slice thinly it look like oval shape but in the old days that's a kind of you know uh, more like a coin so it's it kind of stands for prosperity and also white color purity. And also, you know, for whole year, rest of the year, you will have some all happiness. So it has like a kind of a good symbol inside. So rice cake soup, we eat this, okay, and uh, I will have this whole, my, this one year, I will have some prosperity, happiness, health, you know, so we just uh, all each other, you know, give good wishes. So that's why whatever I'm, I'm doing, and oh, even I'm busy, I make the rice cake soup. So when I was young, and just, uh, you know, by lunar calendar around February, that's my, you know, the New Year's Day, we were longing for the day. And because my mom, I'm the kind of first child of five children, hmm. and then my mom gave me, gave us each one present, gift. So gift is, you know, winter time, so, you know, sweater or a hat or, you know, socks, you know, pants. And just only uh, New Year's Day, once we wake up, we are supposed to wear this, just like here Christmas. And we put this, you know, the uh, wrapped package that on the, like, you know, right after 
we just walk up and then change clothes and then we just uh, go outside and and then other other children coming out uh, to show off their clothes <laughs> yeah. and even gloves you know and all day good mood and when i when we come home and then morning always breakfast is a rice cake soup you know so even in america usually dinner is more important in korea any special occasion birthday or you know any special occasion we always consider morning breakfast is important so early morning my mom makes the rice cake soup and also more side dish all kinds of you know galbijim also japchae bulgogi all this you know some dishes but one thing Well, unsk- unskippable dish is the rice cake soup. Yeah, so we always say, "Did you eat takku? You know, <laughs> did you eat takku?" That means that you know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you just dropped two really, mm-hmm. I think, famous and renowned uh, Korean dishes, japchae and bulgogi. Yeah, and, yeah. and th- that's what a lot of people's entry points are into Korean cooking. Maybe, maybe it's kimchi, mm-hmm. but uh, another meal kind of gets glossed over, and that's lunch. Um, and I love that you elevate the, how do you say it, dosarak, uh, the, the lunchbox yeah, meals. Yeah. Um, I love that they're in this bush, book because they are a lot of leftovers, but they are their own thing too. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about lunch and how important a meal that is for you in this book? Yeah. I mean, as a mom of two children, especially when my son was a high, he studied in high school, these days Korea changed. I mean, no children take their lunchbox. School cafeteria all provide nice lunch. But when I was uh, in Korea, mom has to prepare everything for children. So I used to make four doshirak, four lunchbox. For my husband, my son, lunchbox, dinner box. Because he come home 12 o'clock at midnight. Because to study, study at school. And for my daughter. So like four lunchbox every morning. You know, this is a very big job for me. I make a whole, you know, rice cooker is filled with rice. And side dish, I always have to think about, you know, like especially like a lunchbox, dinner box. I'm not going to make the uh, same side dishes. Isn't it boring? So also <laughs> for dinner time, is uh, eating is like almost, uh, you know, uh, several hours later he's going to eat. So I'm, I have to make something like a not going spoiled so easily or something like a salty one. And then I just pre- prepare the, you know, all dishes, different dishes, side dishes. And that was a big job. So whenever we housewives, friends, we meet together, always our conversation topic is, oh, my God, what are you making for dinner? What are you making for lunchbox? So we always exchange a good, you know, thing. Oh, you, why don't you make a tuna, can of tuna and make a pancake? This is so good. And we always learn each other. Yeah, I saw the tuna pancake in the book. Actually, I saw a lot of pancakes in the book. Yeah. And I think I wrote them all down, too. There was a, a chive pancake. There was a tuna pancake, yeah, yeah. a mung bean pancake with mm-hmm. scallions. Uh, pancakes are a very big thing in, in Korean cuisine. Actually, yeah, that's right. But uh, I don't know the pancake, the name translation is right or wrong because uh, Americans already, they have a pancake. It's like, you know, totally different pancake uh, from Korean thing. So we name is Jeon. Real Korean name is Jeon mm-hmm. or Buchimge. So maybe it's time for us to change the word, you know, instead of pancake. Whenever I talk about, oh, this is, uh, you know, the uh, called pancake. That's not the called pancake, <laughs> you know, so because Americans think that their own pancake, you mm-hmm. know. So should be light, fluffy, should yeah. be sweet. But you have seafood scallion, you have yeah, pepper and perilla leaf. That's kind of, you know, sliced whatever, whatever your ingredients, even mushrooms or beef or uh, seafood or anything or chopped vegetables. And you just make a slice. 
slice this or thin with using you know flour and uh, make a batter and some kind of salt or fish sauce adding together and sometimes egg and then just a really uh, make it you know a thin crust pan cooked. So we call this a, there is a no kind of proper word. So we say the pancake, but because a pan. Cake. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, pan cooked, something like that, you know, but when we don't make a greasy also. It's mm-hmm. not a fritter, yeah. you know, so because we don't add too much oil there. So this is a, maybe it's time for us to change the word to jeon yeah. or puchimge. Because they are very thin and often mm-hmm. they're not just so much about the ingredients in the pancake, but yeah. they are about the sauces that are on top. Yeah. And let's talk about the array of amazing Korean sauces that there are. But most specifically, let's talk about samjang mm-hmm. because uh, kimchi has had its heyday for so long, and I think samjang should be known by everybody in the states, if not world. What mm-hmm. what is it, and what make Korean sauces so delicious? The samjang is you know all fermented food because uh, it's a mixture of Korean uh, soybean paste and little tiny amount of hot pepper paste, and I chopped. I use you know chopped green onion and also garlic, sesame oil, little bit sugar, you know, and also the sesame seeds and the mixing together. So taste is a little sweet and kind of salty, very savory or savory. I can say you know if you do, you you can skip sugar, sugar, and uh, that is really taste is like very deep flavor and earthy. So and there is not much oil inside, not greasy at all, and also all fermented thing and salty enough. So you, when you need something like a wrap, Koreans we love lettuce wrap, vegetable wrap, and you make a bulgogi kind of in you know, a marinated beef and pan cooked. It's a uh, the meat, so a piece of meat, cooked meat, and then samjang. The samjang just a little bit. And also, sometimes I love the raw garlic, sliced raw garlic, yes. and you know, chopped green chili pepper, and then just wrap, wrap this and eat. This is amazing, amazing taste. So we usually Koreans, we go, you go to the Korean barbecue, you know, restaurant, and they serve it this way. So, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like that that there are so many amazing and interesting and complex flavors, flavors, but. Korean food is not that complex to make. I, I think. So easy. Uh, yeah, it's, people get scared of it because mm. you do make so much. You were talking about how many dishes that you make for dinner. You know, there, there mm. are 10, 20 things. But when you focus on a singular ingredient or methodology, Korean mm. cooking isn't that hard. And I, I want to talk about one ingredient specifically because I. I want to make you moo. Mm. Uh, that is oxtail. <laughs> and there is a great story in the book about how you were trying to ask for this cut of the animal and and a vendor didn't know what you were talking about and you had to moo at somebody. Oh, yes. <laughs> you read that yes, story. Yes, yes. <laughs> because uh, when I, that was in 1992 and when I came to America for the first time and Koreans uh, ox bone, very, very expensive, you know, so leg bone. At the time, my mom used to make the huge, you know, ox bone kind of a soup, you know, big, big cauldron, you know, so filled with this. And expensive, expensive. But when we all expect to know that, yeah, America is bones, beef bones, so cheap. 
And then, so one day, the lady, we all studied ESL English. And then she came in. Oh, my God, I didn't know that, you know, the sokori in Korean. Sokori is actually sokori in English. I don't know what it was. So suddenly, I just blocked that. And I went to the grocery store, and I couldn't know. You know, I tried to find it. I couldn't find it. And then I asked the kind of a guy, the salesman, and then I said, that, oh, the moo, moo. And then she was uh, using her hand like a wagging. <laughs> and then he said, oh, <laughs> oh, oxtail, oh, come with me. And then he just led her to there. So yeah. she brought it, and then we were laughing, laughing. We have tons of tons of funny stories relating to, you know, uh, English. Yeah, I mean, English. now it's now it's flipped because we have H Mart here, yeah. and a, a lot of um, non Koreans uh, go into that shop, and uh, so many things are so foreign. Mm. So it's we're having this reverse experience right now, which I, I I think is a wonderful thing, and we do have so many more uh, Korean grocers. I mean, there's mm. I think three or four H Marts in New York City alone at the mm-hmm. moment. Um, so nothing feels unreachable anymore are there any ingredients you can't get in new york anymore maybe very easier you know maybe easier than in korea because once you find the korean grocery store they have all go to the frozen section oxtail is sitting there waiting for you by the way oxtail soup is my next video i was i came here while i was editing yeah Amazing. I'm yeah, excited to see so it. That's so funny that yeah. you chose that oxtail, but I was editing that, you know. Yeah. Well, I chose it too because th- there is something so great about how you think about presenting yourself on video. Mm. Um, you are very fashionable. Um, you are very fashion forward. Uh, you, you care about beauty and skin. And oxtail is one of those ingredients that does that too. It's the collagen in there. Yeah. W- what are other foods? I know you've talked about this during the celebration, but what are other foods that you eat for your health, your skin, for beauty, for fashion? Or the, you know, ginseng chicken soup, you know, samgyetang is called. Yeah. And that's also, you know, the summertime. We, this is a really boiling soup, hot soup, but we call this ear cheer. So your heat, fight against the heat uh, with a hot food. So this is a, like a ridiculous sound, but when you eat some hot, soup and then you feel kind of you know cold so this is a samgyetang kind of the meaning so samgyetang is a sam is a ginseng k is a, you know chicken so chicken ginseng soup or ginseng chicken soup so whenever like a summertime i make this you know samgyetang also this is one of my cookbook recipes and after eating because i add some little small tiny ginseng there and i feel really really energy is boosted my cookbook writer Hers, Martha. You know, so Martha said that she and I will always uh, go and come, and then she experiment in the cooking, and then you know we talking about. She said that oh, you know, Mangchi, after actually eating samgyetang, I felt so my arthritis arthritis is gone. <laughs> she told me. <laughs> I'm gonna so. go home I and said, try that. Oh, you yeah. don't forget, we gotta add this line yeah. because you are the person who really like did the experience. Yeah. Yeah, I, there are so many modern Korean dishes now, like fire chicken is it's all the rage. You know, mm. a very spicy grilled chicken with cheese on top. But I, I think I'm more interested in not just the traditional, but your takes on things or the homemade ingredients that you can make. And I want to skip all the way forwards to um, mugwort <laughs> because this is a great ingredient that you also forage for yeah. uh, in Riverside Park during the spring. Can you ask me what did I have before coming? Yeah. Yeah. 
I had a mugwort too. Oh, I, I'm, I'm hitting all the marks today. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. Suddenly, yeah. I mean, because the mugwort is a, I have a mugwort balls. It's like a grenade size. <laughs> yeah. And then I have like a 24 still left over. This May, uh, every year I go to you know, Riverside Park around there. That's my own patch. Nobody knows. I never bought this property. Should you be saying so, this on the air or no? <laughs> I just go there and quickly, I, you know, quickly I, you know, forage this. And the, I bring home and then just blanch and then uh, rinse this in cold water and squeeze out and then make this bowl. So one portion is the for one soup for maybe two or three servings. And then I make this kind of a, uh, when I, whenever I make mugwort soup, take it out and throw out and then chop it up and just uh, with a, uh, mix with a, uh, soybean paste, Korean fermented bean paste, doenjang, and also a little bit, you know, flour to make it kind of a little stickiness and just uh, also anchovies, dried anchovies, I add this and then boil, that's all. And also garlic and garlic. and. So turn out so good. Whenever I feel my stomach is so weird, and then, okay, my sukuk. Sukuk is a mugwort in yeah. Korean. So sukuk is, I make the sukuk, and then really work well. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that Korean food's also not based around the most seasonal ingredients. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that you pick it or you save it when it's the best mm. and you use it throughout the year. Yeah. And that's why there are so many great fresh and dried ingredients. You can use them laterally, like mushrooms. Yeah. There, there are times you use fresh mushrooms. There are times you dried one. Even fish, you mentioned anchovies. Mm-hmm. There are dried fish and there are fresh fish. Um, I, I just love that there is so much latitude in, in the Korean pantry for that. Korean winter kimchi, same. So Korea, like in the, in the old days, uh, you know, the, during the winter time, there is not many fresh vegetables. These days, you go to supermarket, you can buy the, all kinds of fresh vegetables. But in the old days, you only go to the, you know, some open air market, you know. Nobody's a farmers, are, you know, it's too cold to uh, to cultivate. So this is a, the this is the way of the making kimchi, you know, called the winter kimchi. Is that like make a, we eat this for three, four months. So we all make an effort to make this delicious and nutritious, this kimchi. We put this all kind of stuff, you know, so make it all delicious kimchi. Yeah, and you also make a little bit of uh, alcohol for yourself, too, a little bit of booze. There's yakju uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, in, in this book as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we've covered all the ba- breakfast, lunch, dinner, and now we're, we're after dinner drinks. Um, what don't you make at home? What are, what are ingredients that you like buying rather than making yourself? Oh, the Korean hot pepper flakes. I cannot make it here because also, you know, hot pepper flakes is all from Korea and uh, the imported ones. So luckily I found really good quality. When I traveled to Korea last year and I eventually I found the best quality so that these days I can tell my readers and viewers, okay, this one is the best, but it's um, expensive, you know, but it's worth paying money. So Korean hot pepper flakes I got to buy and... Uh, and something like, you know, soybeans. Soybeans are everywhere we can buy. What else? Some, you know, fish sauce. Like I make a homemade fish sauce. Actually, I have at home. But kind of more fish sauce, clear fish sauce is easily I can use. And just I buy it from the store. 
Yeah, and yeah. everything else is available. Everything else is here. Yeah, sesame oil. Sesame, sesame oil, oil also. Yes. And perilla oil. Yeah. And, yes. Everybody knows that I love sesame oil. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will send you some spectacular sesame oil soon. Um, and in the meantime, I am just going to be reading through and cooking through this book. This is so wonderfully accessible, even at 400 pages, and it feels like a very heavy tome to carry around. Um, every, every page is as delightful as you and your personality that you bring not only to this interview, but to, to your videos, to cooking in general. So I thank you for that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for being on, and everyone should run out and get Ming Chi's new book. If you don't know Ming Chi, I don't know where you've been because she's everywhere on YouTube and, and really the doyen of Korean cooking in the States today. A uh, big thank you to Roberta's, our sponsor, Music by Cookies and Matt Patterson Engineering. Hoping to have you back here next Tuesday at 3. Cheers. food scene is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org, or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage, and thanks for listening. <laughs>